Miami mayor suggests citizens may be able to resume grinding on each other by July 1st. <laughs> so. <laughs> You're listening to Unscripted with Mike and Chris, brutally honest sports talk. And now, here is Mike Jansen. I guess we won't be getting a uh, Christmas invitation from Aaron Rodgers and Danica Patrick. But uh, it was fun anyway, the end of episode 514 of Unscripted, as we welcome you to this 515th episode of our little program, the one we like to call Freeform Friday. Great way to, great way to end the week of another good week of shows here on Unscripted. And um, obviously, Chris goes on to our Twitter account, finds what people are talking about. Obviously, the big topic this week continues to be and probably will be for the foreseeable future is the George Floyd situation and what happened a week ago in Minneapolis. And um, we don't, uh, we've talked about it in, in our first episode today. Uh, I think we made, I especially made my feelings known. I don't think we need to rehash this stuff. We have a lot of problems down in the United States that need to be addressed yesterday. But obviously, we're going to try to keep it on a sports-related topic in this edition of Freeform Friday. Um, again, a tragedy what's happening down in the United States right now, but not much that Chris and I can do about it here from Western Canada. So let's go on with a regular edition of Freeform Friday and see what people are talking about that don't include uh, Mr. Floyd. And uh, obviously, having said that, I'll pass the microphone over to the executive producer of unscripted and get this Freeform Friday shortened condition or shortened red edition of Freeform Friday with the executive producer of our little program, Mr. Fluke. Thanks, Mike. All right. Well, we're going to lighten up the mood a bit here. It's uh, beginning of June. Finally, we finally made it to a summer sounding month. I'm very excited about that because March, April and May kind of sucked ass. And uh, so, now, yeah. so now we're getting into grilling season. So let's discuss some hamburgers. Yes. All right. I know. Mm-hmm. Mike's a proud barbecuer and Love griller. barbecue. Okay, yeah. well, I'm going to... So the the USA Today came up with their top 10 burgers. I'm going to throw some burger ideas at you, and you tell me your thoughts on these. So okay. at number one, we've got the loaded bacon burger. They've got a bunch of toppings on here, but the key that they have is they say to put cream cheese and jalapenos on there, and they say that's a hell of a... Uh, combination jalapenos are not much of a spice guy i do like the cream cheese idea what do you think about putting cream cheese on your burgers nope can't do it um i'm like you know we had a we were talking about i don't know what we were talking about about a couple of well a couple weeks ago and we were talking about foods and i started talking about ribs and ribs drove me crazy like our buddy greg (laughs) because they get you know messy i hate i can't do mess and i I, I I do like spice, but I'm paying for living in South Texas for five years. I'm paying for living in Southern California for five years with all the very spicy Mexican food, and it's coming back to bite me in my ass now that I'm midway through my 50s. So I've got to kind of take it a little bit easier on the spice. So as much as if I was 25 years old, I would probably go with the jalapenos, but 25 or 55, there's no way I'm doing... There's no way I'm doing... Uh, uh, the other stuff is just too messy. You know, you see these burgers. There's a perfect example of the the franchise Carl's Jr. or is it Puke in the Pail? Uh, I call Puke in the Jack Pail. In the Jack in the Box. Years ago, I was at right across the street from the NBC studios in Burbank, California, where they used to host The Tonight Show with the only host. I mean, Fallon's good. Leno was okay. Johnny Carson is still the only guy that has ever been able to host The Tonight Show. 
And I and a buddy from Wisconsin came out, and we got to see um, Johnny Carson. But right across the street is a Jack in the Box in Burbank, California. And we we got there like at 2 in the morning to get tickets, and we sat in line. And then finally when we got the tickets, we wanted to go across the street to get something to eat because we'd been out in line for hours and hours and hours. And we go across the street to Jack in the Box, and we got sicker than, than a dog, and we almost missed Johnny Carson because you have to report back at 5.30. And uh, we almost missed Johnny Carson because of Puke in the Pail, and that's how they've earned their name. But... I couldn't do the cream cheese on top of the burger. Too messy for me. Oh, okay. Oh, I could do it. Especially, well, maybe just spread it on the bun, maybe. Maybe, yeah, maybe. Yeah, but yeah, see, yeah. that's one thing I don't like. You know, this is a big thing. And and in the 24 years I've been in this great country, there's one thing I will never get acclimated to. And this must, I don't know if this is a Quebec thing or if it's a Canadian thing, because I've seen it in both places. Mm-hmm. But I cannot understand or comprehend why you would put mayonnaise on a burger. Oh, I love mayo. <laughs> well, and and that you grew up with that. I yeah, get yeah. that. Not us. See, everything where I grew up, it was ketchup, mustard, cheese, relish, pickles, tomatoes, that kind of stuff. Never mayo. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. And and it, it's there are a few subtle differences on each side of the 49th parallel. And for me, besides how you pronounce some words and spell and spell some words differently, the biggest adjustment for me was trying to get acclimated to mayonnaise on a hamburger, and I still can't do it after 24 years. Oh, never even thought about it, to be But see, I, when I came here, I remember Judy and I went, and we were at an Earl's. And um, I remember, and it was like, what is this on the burger? And Judy's like, well, that's how they do it in Canada. Well, I've been here a half an hour. You know, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I've never had mayo on a hamburger. Do you have mayo on other things? Tuna salad? No. Tuna salad, yeah. Tuna salad, for sure. Um, but um, like a, 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 a turkey sandwich or something like that, it would have mayo on it. But I had, I was never, okay. I was never, uh, uh, never acclimated to it. Never heard of it until I came here. Interesting. Yeah, I, I love mayo. Uh, okay, so number two, bacon balsamic turkey burger. Number one, I don't really turkey burger is not going to compare to a beef burger. Correct. And secondly. The whole rage with balsamic glazes, like I, I like balsamic vinegar. When I worked at Earl's, we had, you know, it was so popular. Even the staff would always eat all the time. They'd have that pan bread, that kind of like a focaccia or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and we'd always mix it with olive oil and balsamic vinegar. Mm-hmm. And you eat that. And Correct. oh, it's so addictive. Very good. Mm-hmm. But all these balsamic glazes, I've never tried balsamic is Balsamic vinegar is too overpowering. You have to really be careful. It just takes over everything like if you put too much it's like putting root beer in your sprite it's like you're not getting sprite anymore like i right. mean it's, exactly. it's too overpowering so balsamic stuff i'm not i don't mind in some cases but it's it's too overpowering i'd agree much. with that wholeheartedly and uh, i do have to i do have to give a bit of a, a thumbs up to turkey burgers though um i'm open to them but I, i'll take I, beef every time oh, I, if that's the choice but as i've gotten older and i've started to watch a little bit more of what i eat um i i have really started to enjoy turkey burgers a lot um, okay. i do like them but i i i too would take beef burgers first but again um i'm more just of the cheese pickles tomatoes that kind of stuff um and i can't even do mustard anymore a lot of ketchup but no oh, mustard. i'm the opposite i've i've never been a ketchup no. fan 
but I love, I can, I'll eat, I could eat, I can't get enough mustard on it. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I love mustard. No, can't. Like ketchup. No. I mean, I can eat it in some time. Like I would never, I don't know, kind of grosses me out to put on myself, but like today I had a McDonald's burger with, and it has ketchup on it. It doesn't bother me. Right. Their ketchup's always seemed a bit different though. It seems sweeter to me. Yeah, like it doesn't seem like just Heinz ketchup to me. I don't know what they what it is. Maybe it is. But well, I, I think McDonald's, having worked there 50 years ago or 40 years ago when I was 16, my first legitimate paying job is that they make their own in-house McDonald's ketchup. It, it must be because it's not. It's not Heinz. It's yeah, not. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever they, their ketchup, I don't mind as much, but I, I can just do it. To me, it. I don't know, but to me, it seems a little sweeter. I think it definitely is. Yeah. It doesn't taste like ketchup. I always thought growing up as a kid, I was like, this is some sauce that they made it's not right it's not ketchup it doesn't taste like, yeah because actual ketchup well, i you can know, eat on fries a little bit but that's about it uh, on the big mac two all beef patty special sauce lettuce, yeah, yeah. lettuce cheese pickles onions on a sesame yeah. seed bun um the special sauce is just thousand island dressing yes, yes. mixed in with a little mayo yeah that's all it is. yeah absolutely okay number three is interesting uh, this is a stuffed burger where you put the cheese inside Correct. the burger, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, this is popular in certain places. There's a place called Nana's right by the Saddle Dome that's known for it, and mm-hmm. I've eaten there. And it's great, but to me, it never turns out as awesome as it should in my head. Whereas when you take a good cheese on top, it always just is awesome. Whether it's the real cheese or even if it's the plastic cheese, it just always works on a burger. I was watching a thing with the late Anthony Bourdain on Netflix. And uh, he was at, he said his favorite place to go for a burger, well, when he was alive, was In-N-Out Burger, uh, of all places. Yeah, and and I do too, but Shake Shack's my number one for flavor. Oh, for sure, yeah. But he's he's like, I don't want the good high-quality cheese. I want this kind of plastic cheese, almost a sauce, and it just kind of melts, and it's just gooey all over, and it just works so well. And I get what he's saying. I always like the cheese on the burger, the crappy cheese, the quality cheese. It's all excellent, uh, melted on a burger. But the stuffed, I love the idea in my head, and maybe it can work, but to me, it never turns out as good as just putting the cheese on top. I I couldn't agree more. Um, There are some things in life you just don't screw with. Mm -hmm. And for me, um, it's don't screw with my food. And if I like it a certain way, then I'm going to have it that way or I won't eat it. It's that simple. And uh, (laughs) it's funny, Judy and I used to have some real psychological differences because her being you know, Muslim and, and Arabic and, and all this other stuff, there are certain things that she just cannot even fathom thinking about eating because of her religious beliefs. And ultimately, she's had to adjust it a little bit over the years, as have I. But we used to have some uh, battles over uh, what she would put on because this is what she can do. And, and you know, but, uh, you know, 27 years later, my 27th wedding anniversary is coming up on June the 12th, and oh. uh, we don't fight about silly stuff like that anymore. But in the beginning, it was really a battle because, you know, uh, I don't do regular bacon anymore because she doesn't do uh, pork. So I do turkey bacon, which over the last 27 years has been fun. Oh, I've been eating turkey bacon every weekday lately. Yeah, but see, up until I met Judy, never had, never even heard about it. Oh, I was actually, my parents made the switch when I was a kid for some no, reason. They? Yeah, they, and we started having turkey bacon all the time. I don't remember why they switched, Yeah, but they did. And so well, I, I got like used it better to it. now. Yeah, I, I often do too. Yeah, it, it was really good. There's more of it in regard to it doesn't like a, yeah, a, there, it, the, if you really cook a piece of pork bacon, it shrivels up, you know, mm-hmm. so, um, 
Mm-hmm. I, I'm all for turkey burgers there, Good. for sure. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, bacon and kimchi burgers, number four. I've never been into kimchi. You know, it's so popular in South Korea. It's, it's the fermented cabbage or whatever. I was in Korea, remember? Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I've had kimchi. It's the grossest thing on earth. <laughs> Except for Kraft Dinner. Well, that's true, but okay. kimchi's terrible. Um, yes, that's right. People plant it. It uh, ferments in the ground for six months, and it comes out, and if you keep it in longer, it just gets spicier. And you're right. It's just cabbage, and... Uh, Let's just say, being very respectful of my brethren in Korea, it's a choice. I choose not to eat it. That's it. Well, whatever. And besides, if you want a burger in South Korea, you go to Billion Box that's because right. we believe that other burgers are shit. <laughs> yeah. So that's where we're going. If we go to South Korea, we're going to Billion Box. Yep. Anyway, okay. And number five, I love this fried egg burger. I love to take a runny egg and put it on top of a burger, on top of a rice bowl, on top of anything. I just love where you have the egg on there and you just cut it and then the, you, the yolk goes everywhere. I love doing that. I, I, I do that, but not on a burger. Because you don't like the mess. I don't like the mess. I yeah. can't do the mess. But I love Vietnamese food. I love a lot of different foods. And put it like, just like Chris just described, put it on top, open it up and let it, you know, bleed out. And uh, I totally in agreement with you, except on the burger, because again, it gets too messy for me and drives me crazy. All right. Uh, number six, they just say cheddar and onion burger. That's just doesn't really require too I much love, No, that's that's a good one for well, me. Well, sure it is. Yeah. I, I love both yeah. things, but right. it's pretty that's, simple. Yeah. No, explan- no explanation needed there. Yeah. Uh, black bean burger. Now, this is, uh, I think this is kind of, not exactly, but you know those um, Beyond Meat burgers they have at like A&W right now? Yeah, yeah, where yeah. I tried one and it was even tastier than their beef burger, to be honest. I was shocked. Now, were you telling me, probably was, because I don't talk to many people besides you, um, <laughs> by choice. Were you telling me that the Beyond Meat burger was more expensive than the regular beef burger? Yeah. Why is that? Do you know? Uh, no, but uh, probably ingredients are more rare or more less healthy. readily available or and less demand, so you don't get as good a price and you have to keep it there. So there's probably a number of factors there. Yeah. To... Okay, number eight isn't really beef. It's a buffalo chicken burger. I have to say, and this is probably because I've never been into, so- into spicy things, but you know there's people that put hot sauce on everything, right? Put that shit on everything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. Which, yeah brilliant marketing campaign. It, it works on so many levels. but And it's funnier when an 85-year-old lady says it. Exactly, exactly. It's kind of it's like the newer, modern version of where's the beef. Right, thing, exactly. Right? But then everything has the same flavor profile. Correct. I don't get that. I don't either. And my daughter Jenna has gotten into that. Putting that, putting that shit on everything. The, the Franks or whatever it is, mm-hmm. she puts it on everything. And I... I I can't do it, uh, mainly because of age and and uh, paying for past sins. But also, I just it's like Chris again, just like what Chris just described. It's when you put that stuff on everything, everything then just tastes like that, and you're not to me, you're not getting yeah. what the meal is about. You're not what what has been prepared. You're not getting that taste. All your all your taste to me would be the Frank's Red Hot stuff. So. I, I no, I, I, I can't do that. Yeah, uh, number nine is the nacho burger. I like Mexican thing. I always gravitate towards like quesadillas or fajitas or just Mexican stuff. When I have this stuff on burgers, uh, I don't know. It doesn't seem it's not as good as just a classic burger. Typically. Agreed. Um, yeah, I, I'm just going to agree there because yeah, I mean some things are better left in their own avenue, their own speciality. Mexican food is something that should be just separate of everything else, in my opinion. And you start mixing and matching. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it ends up terribly. And uh, that just doesn't seem too appealing to me. 
Oh, and one thing I do like to put in beef, by the way, and this they had brought it up with the fried egg burger. I do like to put w- Worcestershire sauce. Oh yeah, in in the beef, uh, I definitely enjoy that. Anyway, number ten. That's a nice touch. I got to try that. Oh, you haven't done? I that? haven't done that. Oh yeah, definitely. Add that. I'll try oh, that. So good. Yeah, so good. Yeah. Right, just mix it in right. Yeah, when you're, when you're putting okay. your beef together, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I guess, I mean, if you already got your patty, I guess you could just could sprinkle just put on, it on I guess, top, but so I think it would be better if you put it in before you made it, it into it, patties. Yeah. It's almost like balsamic. It is a pretty powerful flavor. It is, right? oh, for sure. So, absolutely. I got to try that. Yeah. Oh, okay. I love, I always do that. Uh, and then number 10 is a garlic parmesan burger. Pretty straightforward. Uh, I love garlic. I can put tons of garlic on everything. I can too. That's a problem. When yep. you're trying to make out with your wife, <laughs> but no, I from a pure food aspect, I truly enjoy that. Uh, the garlic uh, parmesan whatever burger that sounds really appetizing to me, really does. Yeah, but uh, yeah, okay. So the but the best tasting burger I want to say is Shake Shack for sure is is my number one for flavor. They, the way they season the beef, I think it's just crack. I think that's probably all it is. It's just it's literally just crack off the street. But I gotta it's tell you something. I agree with that, and I have been to Shake Shack, and I have been to Shake Shack. After I met Chris, because Chris introduced me to Shake Shack, never really heard of it. You had never been there before mm-hmm. me. I didn't remember that. Nope. Never had been there. You told me about it. I will agree. I think In-N-Out Burger is good, but here's another one. There is a, um, a, um, there is a burger chain that originated in my mother's hometown, or 10 miles south of my mother's hometown, um, I'm trying to think of the name of it, Culver's. And they exclusively were in Wisconsin forever and ever, but then they finally started to expand. And I've they, read about them. They, they got these, they've got these, these, uh, butter bit, butter, uh, some kind of but, butter burgers. I don't care how they're doing it. It's really good. And, uh, now the closest that we can get to them here uh, is Utah, unfortunately, and you know there's one good reason to go through Utah. That and when you're leaving Utah is the second best reason. <laughs> but um, Culver's out of Sauk City, Wisconsin, that's where it originated back in the 1950s, and they have now become a national chain. And I don't know if they're quite there yet with Shake Shack, but they're pretty damn close, let me tell you. And again, if you've got to be in Salt Lake City, Utah for any purpose, um, stopping at a Culver's is, I guess, a reason to delay getting getting the hell out of Salt Lake City a little bit earlier. Nice. Okay. All right. Uh, I wanted to get your thoughts on what you thought about the golf match. My dad enjoyed it. I didn't really watch it, but we're talking, you know, Peyton and uh, Tiger against uh, Tom and Phil. So uh, a couple of tweets here. Sean Fennessy at Sean Fennessy said, Tom Brady looking for a gimme on a three-footer on the first hole of the match, cutting corners in all games I see, typical. And Martin Rickman and Martin Rickman said, oh, that's why they call him Touchdown Tom, because he gets six on every hole. <laughs> i i personally wish they could have found now i know why they brought in uh, the two quarterbacks um it was kind of a rivalry thing you know you've got the two golf rivals even though let's be honest tiger at 82 career wins and phil at 41 career wins that isn't a rivalry uh tiger 15 majors to four for phil it's not a rivalry but that's the closest thing, numbers-wise, that anybody can compare to Tiger Woods. So I understand why Tiger and Phil will be matched together. I would like to see, I would like to see Jordan be a part of this someday, Michael Jordan as a golfer, and I'd like to see For some. Sure, Michael Jordan. I'd like to see somebody else. I don't know who the fourth participant would be. Um, I just Charles Barkley. No. Uh. Uh-uh. Uh. 
No. Barkley, no. Um, we got to have some guys that can play. I think, you know, here's the funniest thing about the, the whole match for me. I wished it would have been a normal Florida day where it wasn't raining. Yeah, yeah. Because I, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I, I'd, I'd be interested to hear in your dad's opinion or his perspective, but I got to be honest. I would imagine that there were only so many cameras on the course because of the situation that we're living in now. But I had trouble seeing some of the shots because of mm. the darkness, because of the downpour of rain that they're playing in, yada, yada. But you know what the most... And I again, here's what I'd be interested to hear what your dad had to say. I thought that the two quarterbacks were so nervous. Mm. You're playing with two of the bigger names in the in the game of golf. You're playing on Woods' home course, and arguably, depending on you know your which side you're on in regard to Tiger versus Jack Nicholas, but you're you're in a foursome with one of the best players in the history of the game. And I felt, especially right off the first tee when both of them duck-hooked it to the right, I thought that uh, the quarterbacks were unseasonably, you know, for consider the games that those guys have played in. No, but it's something that they are but, professionals But that's at. what I'm getting at. Yeah. That's what I'm getting at. They were out of their element, and you could tell. And that really, for me, put a human spin on it because here are the two of the greatest quarterbacks that have ever suited up in the NFL game, and they play golf worse than I do. That was good to see. You couldn't expect them to be big contributors when you've got Tiger and Phil on your respective teams. But I will say this. The back nine, I thought the two quarterbacks acquitted themselves much better than the front nine. I think that they were very nervous at the beginning, and I think that the conditions had something to do with that as well. The hardest thing to do as an amateur golfer is play in the rain. You're not used to it. A lot of amateur golfers won't do it. Like me, I'm a above-average amateur golfer. The only conditions that I won't play in is if it's windy as all hell. I will not play in that because I hit a high ball, and that ball comes back, I hit it up in the air, it kind of smiles at me and comes right back down. That's the most frustrating thing in the world, and if you're paying over 100 bucks to play a round of golf, I ain't spending my money on that. So I can understand the apprehension of the two quarterbacks, and it was kind of refreshing to me to see two of the best in their chosen field struggle in something else. And credit to them, they came back on the back nine and they contributed contributed some wins. Tiger and uh, and uh, Manning were up three, and they ended up only winning by one. And uh, Tom Brady did play much better on the back nine. Okay. All right. Well, just one more tweet, I think, I wanted to get. Yep. So, uh, The Onion at The Onion. Miami mayor suggests citizens may be able to resume grinding on each other by July 1st. <laughs> so, <laughs> hopefully we're almost there. Well, you know what? Um, I've got to say, uh, from the video that I've seen in places like this Ozark place in Arkansas, and you see it continuously down at South Beach, this concerns me moving forward in regard to COVID nineteen. I don't. I don't think. I don't think people are giving enough respect to it. They think automatically it's finished now. Um, I don't think it's finished. And everything that I'm reading out there, folks, is that there is a potential second wave coming. And um, I think we've mentioned this on this program to the point of almost ad nauseum. Especially me. Especially me. That I've been quite disappointed with the behavior of some people in Toronto, and New York 
And then I add that to what I saw this weekend out of this place called the Ozarks, this lake, this river, whatever in Arkansas. Um, and you know, it's, it's been ongoing since, you know, even spring break when they started doing these shutdowns, kids were like, fuck it. I've waited all year to get here. I'm going oh, I remember down. that. That was before. It that really was before. Got big. Right. That was before it really got started. So, um, I don't think enough people are giving this pandemic enough respect. And, you know, if you think we're in a bad spot now, imagine if we had to go back to the, back to the drawing board and start with isolation again and all this other stuff. Um, you know, I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit pissed off right now, um, because of the situation I'm in in regard to my father. Um, as I mentioned back in episode five, whatever, our first episode today, he finally, finally was cremated on Thursday, which helps the process of me getting some closure, but I still, without a death certificate, and I'm trying to get one of those, I can't cross the border yet and I can't really say goodbye. So, um, I just, I don't know how to say this to people, but Patience is the key word of the day here, folks. And the more patience and diligence that we show right now, potentially the quicker we get out of this this isolation stuff. And, you know, you think about it. If you leave and go into the States, you're isolating when you come back for 14 days. I, 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 I just implore people, I'm begging of people, please show this pandemic some respect show that you're listening to and i know leadership right now is a hard thing to come by in the united states i'm just i'll throw that out there i I think i've made that quite clear but again i implore you folks that the longer that you stay disobedient to these requests the longer this pandemic continues on and from what i've read and what people are telling me is that big crowds are a breeding ground for this pandemic and this COVID-19. And I'm just, you know, um, you see these things that are happening in Arkansas and South Beach and in other places. And, you know, obviously there was a lot of people that were not uh, showing social distancing this week in a lot of different U.S. cities that those protests were going on in regard to George Floyd. I don't know what to tell you except I just implore all of you to show some social conscience and try to do the best that you possibly can in in social distancing yourself because my god if you think this first number of months have been bad folks if we get a second round of this stuff i can't tell you it's going to be any better so i hope that uh i hope we're learning something from this and and uh um when a hundred thousand people have died in the united states alone i think that should be enough of an attention grabber to get people to start playing along. That's all I'm going to say. We've got to run on this 515th episode of Unscripted. Uh, another very good week of shows. Really am proud of what we did this week, and uh, this was a good way of topping it off. And again, I look forward to, in a couple of weeks, to fixing Major League Baseball <laughs> in our little version of a redraft. We've condensed... 30 teams down to 24. We've moved the Nationals back to Montreal and we will and we've renamed the Los Angeles Angels just the LA Angels, none of this Anaheim crap. But uh, just some you know what, we're going to have some fun doing this, but while we're doing it, 
we're poking fun at Robbie Manfred and the poor leadership that he's showing right now with Major League Baseball. Having said all that, for the executive producer of Unscripted, Mr. Chris Fluke, I'm Mike Jansen. Until next time.